Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor the parent show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. And welcome to The Parent Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Cathy Weston, here to entertain you, to educate you for the entire hour up till nine o'clock. And as usual, we've got some amazing guests. We are talking this evening about outdoor education and uh, camping, camper vanning, holidaying, uh, going out, you know, taking our kids on amazing holidays, you know, hopefully UK based this year. You know, what is it about camping? What is it about the camper van that makes it so utterly intriguing? And we've got some amazing guests. Our first one we're really excited about. Hopefully he is on the line. Martin Dory. Are you there, Martin? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Not bad at all. Now, Martin, I'm just going to introduce you. Everybody, well, you've been... When I posted up on Facebook that you were coming on the show this evening to talk about your love of the camper van, right? Uh, we had quite a bit of female reaction online. Oh, well, that's so very kind of everybody. You're a bit of a heartthrob, it turns out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but for those people who, those few people locally who may not have heard of, of you, you're a camper van lover, a passionate foodie, and you have been journeying around Britain in your classic camper van on lots of escapist adventures. And obviously, people have seen you on the BBC. You had a whole programme there where you were travelling around the UK and you were meeting growers and fishermen and farmers and all sorts of characters. And you live in North Devon with your wife, your daughters, Bob the dog, apparently, and your camper van. Is that accurate? It's not far off, yeah. That's okay. It's a very nice description, isn't it? It's not it's, bad, is it? It sounds like you've got an ideal life. Um, it's okay. I'm really lucky that I've been able to um, just kind of make it my life um, through my writing. So, uh, and obviously because I write about camping, I have to go camping and have to eat and cook. And so, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So you've got so many wonderful initiatives as well on the go, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And, and of course, your books. But I want to start with, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, someone to be converted to camping and camper vanning. So okay. if you'd like to tell me why it's so, why we should try it as, you know, if you've got a young family, why is it a good thing to do? Um, well, my two girls who are here with me now have pretty much been brought up on campsites or camping wild. Um, and I think, you know, they, they swim and they run and they appreciate the outdoors. Um, you know, we, we do eat marshmallows around the campfire um, and we stare at the stars um, and we just have a great time. So um, I think it's, it's just a different kind of freedom, really, um, that you, you can't get any other way. Um, I think that's it for me, because once you're on a campsite, you're in a safe environment um, or you're on a beach or wherever. And as long as you keep an eye on the kids they can pretty much do what they want and getting grubby is all part of that. So it's kind of feels to me like getting back to my childhood um, and lots of other people's childhoods as well, I think. Now, the question I've always wanted to ask someone who has one of those fabulous VW camper vans is how on earth do you sleep comfortably in it? <laughs> well, you can. Um, you've got, you know, in, uh, in the one that I've got at the moment, you've, we've got, there are two double beds. It's got a roof that pops up. Wow. And the, all the, seats go down they're specially designed and you you know they're not uncomfortable um and you know with the right number of duvets 
and pillows, it can be really lovely and cosy. And it doesn't get sort of too hot at night, or do you keep the windows open? How do you sort of manage that? Well, you just get used to it. You know, you you throw off a blanket, stick a leg out, same as you would at home. Um, or if you get cold, you pull the blanket on and pull your leg in. It's pretty standard stuff, really. And do you, I mean, the other thing we've had lots of listeners ask about is the price of the camper van, because yep. we've had quite a lot of people suggest that perhaps it sounds like a cheap holiday, but actually when you look at it and you price it up, it can be quite expensive, um, driving around Britain, for example. Yeah, you are, you're right. I mean, there, there are cheap and there are expensive ways of doing it. If you go for a classic an old classic VW, for example, obviously other makes are available, um, then you could end up spending an awful lot of money keeping it going and an awful lot of money buying it in the first place. Um, but there are other ways of doing it. You could buy second-hand vans that, you know, for a few thousand pounds. Um, if you're quite handy, then you can make them cosy and tidy um, and keep going. I mean, I must admit that in my last book, um, Camp Van Bible, I did do a kind of price-per-night <laughs> evaluation <laughs> my goodness how, how me yeah and i will never share that information oh go on <laughs> no because no, no, we could have stayed in some <laughs> lovely hotels put it that way and actually i do camp i do camp an awful lot so it was something like i think it was about 120 nights in the year wow that I did it. wow um, and actually but the cost was quite high because we were running the classic at the time wow so you know you can do it cheaply or you can do it you know a tent's only going to cost you 50 quid at the most Well, Martin, we have had people ask uh, for your advice on what is the best family tent for a family of four. What would you recommend? Oh, goodness. Um, That's really difficult to answer, actually. They've got some, there's a company called Vango, and they've got some tents they call Airbeam tents at the moment. Airbeam, okay. And you just blow them up. Wow. It it sounds a bit bizarre, but um, they've got all kinds of bedrooms and all that sort of stuff. And so basically, you just get your pump and you literally blow them up. Um, and they're quite sturdy and quite good, and, and we've got uh, an awning of theirs, and it's pretty good, so that would be okay, and they're, they're quite tall, quite sturdy, quite quick to put up, quite easy to take down, all that sort of stuff. But when does it slip from camping into glamping, you know? I've seen, when I've been on a sort of an Italian campsite, you know, they have rooms, dining rooms, these tents, you know, there's practically like a chandelier in the middle of the, you know, the tent. Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you feel about the glamping? Um, um, I know where glamping and camping starts and finishes if i'm in a tent i'm in a tiny little tent with a cooker and i cook outside because i don't often stay in tents um but then yeah i know what you mean there are some people you go to some campsites and you see people that have got tents that are bigger than my house yeah um, yeah and they've probably got more stuff in it than my house um so i i don't know i mean glamping i always i kind of think of as kind of where you rent a rent a tent you don't even bother putting it up do you, you absolutely know, not bear skins and I don't want to be doing that. Exactly. And you've got waiter service and all. It's all very glamorous. But it's still outside and it's still cold at night. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I stand with glamping. I have to ask, with your girls, was there a time when they were younger when they thought, oh, Daddy, this is so cold and there's an insect on my face and I don't like it? Was it a gradual conversion to camping or was it something they were always into? Well, Charlotte, my youngest, um, went to Ireland in the front seat of a campervan, or slept on the front seat of a campervan in a cardboard box, I think, when she was three months old. So there's never been a point where they weren't doing it, so they never kind of had to... had to Adapt. Adapt, because it, it's always it's been part of their lives. And do they... Are they now of an age where they can go off with their friends camping as well? Um, not quite, but they do... They do um, 
Uh, are you old enough to go camping on your own, girl? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, they say. Um, yeah, they do. I mean, you know, the last year, last summer, we went camping with them and they, they had separate tents with their friends, which is great. That's lovely. That's a very nice idea, I think. Um, We've got another listener question for you, um, Morton. I'm a big fan uh, here locally in Hamel Hempstead. And he wants to know what is the, you know, they've got two weeks during the summer. What's the best place for them to possibly head off to for good views? For good? Views. Views? Yeah. For the scenic, for some scenic Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Cornwall's very nice, obviously, but it gets a bit busy. Um, and I'm spending a lot of time in Scotland at the moment. Really? Um, so uh, I'm really, really loving Scotland at the minute. It's so um, beautiful, but so cold, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> really? Which bit of Scotland are you going to? <laughs> I went to Galloway last week and it was fine. We were on the beach in our T-shirts. Wow. Yeah, but you're a bit, you know, you're sturdy, aren't you? you go I wasn't off. the only one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have a wetsuit on then. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, I mean, in, in the summertime, you know, Scotland's great because it gets really long evenings. Beautiful beaches and nobody there. Very and actually, nice. Yeah. If you go in a camper van, you can. You have to be careful where you park, but there are quite a few places where you can park and camp overnight without being bothered. Now, for people who want to sort of read about, like for example, your trip to Galloway and get some tips if they were bringing a camper van or going camping there, is it in your blog that you would write about that? Um, I do. I write I, at the moment. I'm writing a, be- a piece about that that trip it's okay. for a magazine called Campervan Magazine brilliant um, and I write in the Caravan and Motorhome Club magazine every month so I have a column in there so people can read about my adventures in there that's very um, good great and I went to the Arctic in a motorhome recently so um, <laughs> that was, that's been written up in there which was quite an adventure wow um, and actually it wasn't that cold inside because we had heating so um, that, and, that, and you know that the point of going was to prove to people that actually you can go to the Arctic Circle and still be warm and comfortable. Well, now, I have to ask you, as you're obviously, um, you know, researching, you're an amazing environmentalist, and we'll talk about the Tidy Beach campaign in a minute. Yeah. But what about the, um, you know, the people who say, well, like driving around Britain or driving to the Arctic, you know, it's not good for the environment to drive around unless you're in a sort of an electric um, VW van. What do you think? Um, I've only taken two flights in the last five years. Right, so, you right. Know. Impressive, <laughs> impressive. So... I, you know, I was going to say, do you like air travel? Answer: No. No, no I don't. No, <laughs> I, 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 I try not to travel by air at all. Um, so, well, I don't know. You can you can argue against it. You can say it is terrible, and I should be cycling or walking. But there are other ways in which I compensate, if you like. I and there must be electric um, camper vans out um, there. No, as far as I know, there isn't actually. Wow. Um, but. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't drive very far. I mean, in my normal life, I, I pretty much walk everywhere. Yeah, I live yeah. in a place where I can walk to the beach and walk to the shops. Now, uh, on another note, with you, you've got a green halo because your tidy beach campaign is so impressive. Thank I was you. so excited by it because as you, it, it's called the two-minute beach clean, isn't it? And That's it's going it, yeah. global. And I was so excited to read that I haven't missed the next beach clean day, which is June the 11th. Can you just tell everyone what, what's behind that whole movement? Because it is a movement. Yeah, well, the, the two-minute beach clean was something that happened, uh, started happening in 2014 when I went to my local beach after a really massive storm. You might, people might remember the big storms of 2013, 2014. And I just thought, I, I need to do something. And I, couldn't, I felt helpless that I couldn't go to organise beach cleans all the time. So I just started picking up. And I've been doing beach cleans for years and years and years. But I started using a hashtag, this hashtag, Two Minute Beach Clean. 
um, and just kind of posting it to Instagram, Instagram and to Twitter and taking pictures every time I went to the beach and every time I pick up some litter, I did it this afternoon actually, um, and do it pretty much every day. And, every, and sort of a few people started doing it as well. And, and you've got 15,000 followers on Instagram posting up the rubbish that they have collected yeah. on the beach. I mean, it's, I was so gutted I didn't know about it a few months ago because, you know, we were in Portugal and there was quite a lot of litter in some of the beaches. I mean, I think if you... We always encourage our children to do that anyway, but it, I think for children, like a two-minute, you know, you've got your timer. I saw your movie on um, YouTube where you've got two-minute timer. Kids love that, to go yeah. and run around and... How much rubbish can you pick up? Well, it's great. I mean, it does work because two minutes is kind of shorthand for nothing, isn't it? Yeah. So what we're trying to encourage people to do is just to look around them and start look at the environment and just take two minutes to do something about it. And it stops you from feeling overwhelmed because I think people find that, uh, you know, yeah. palm oil and orangutans and, you know, all this kind of news that we have about the environment is all terrible. And people feel helpless. And people feel that they can't do anything, that the news is too bad. But actually, in two minutes, you can make a difference. Yeah, because, that's what's example, so exciting about that movement, isn't well, exactly, it? exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, if you pick up a piece of rope from the beach, or you pick up a bottle from the street, even, you know, that rope won't go on to go around some seagull's legs, um, or and that, that bottle won't go out to sea and become microplastic and end up in a fish. So everything that you do m- makes a difference. And that's the whole point of the idea, is that, you know, just two minutes does make a difference. I mean, yesterday or the day before, we hit we hit 36,000 posts to Instagram, which is absolutely incredible considering it started, you know, just three years ago with just one. And it's so, lovely that children can even post up, you know, um, what they've collected. Oh, you yes. Know. I mean, it's a great thing for families. Um, and we've got these two-minute beach clean stations, and if you know about those, they're, they're around the country. And you borrow a litter picker and you take a bag and... And kids and families love to, love to go off and do that. Because actually at the beach, unless, you know, buckets and spades are great, but kids sometimes get bored with sitting on the beach if mum and dad want to relax. So actually... Send them off, litter picking, thing. absolutely. It's That's amazing. Yeah. And Martin, another question for you. What's your favourite beach in England? Favourite beach in England? Oh, I'd have to say Crooklets Beach because it's my local beach. It's just down the road. And that is that in Bood? It is, yeah. Yeah, well, that's gorgeous, yeah. isn't it? Um, everybody um, loves visiting that part of the world. It's so fantastic. Um, what about your uh, book, Camper Van Bible? Have you sort of revised that in recent years, or is there, is there a brand new edition coming out? Where can people get that? Um, well, the Camper Van Bible came out last year, um, and it's the sort of third in the trilogy of my camper yes, van books. So the yes. first one that came out in 2010 was the Camper Van Cookbook, um, which was the book that kind of got turned into the TV series, if you yes. like. And then the Campervan Coast was the second one, which celebrated everything about the coast and coastal food. And the Campervan Bible is the kind of, it's kind of all the information that I wanted to include in all the other books and everything that I've learned along the way. Um, and where do you actually write these books in the Campervan? Have you got an office? <laughs> I've got an office. <laughs> I wrote it, I wrote most of it in Ireland, actually, where, where I was staying with my mum, sitting overlooking a lovely harbour. Um, Oh, wh- somebody's saying to me, where in Ireland? Where in my- Oh, Mullagamore. Mullagamore in Donegal? Yeah. Oh, that's very close to where my parents live. Very nice part oh, of the really? world. Oh, really? Yeah, no, so I, so I sat there looking out the window because I had a bit of a deadline and kind of had all the information and just had to slog through it for a few weeks. Um, wow. And it was very nice and it worked out really well. I'm really proud of the book. It's a great book. And it can, you can get it at 
Smiths or yeah, all the big, or on Amazon yeah. or anywhere. That, or even from my website, if people want a signed copy. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right, exactly. So we're going to post your, tell us what your website is and we'll stick it up on our Facebook page now. Oh, yeah, sure, it's martindory.com, very easy. martindory.com. And what about the beachclean.net website? Yeah, the beachclean.net website is the website for the two-minute beach clean. And that's, I mean, if people are interested in buying um, beach clean bags or um, T-shirts and... I know your beach clean shop is so nice online. Those gorgeous T-shirts for children, and I love the bag. I love all those goodies. Oh, thank you. It's so great. It's been a, it's been uh, really good fun putting it all together, actually. And actually, our next guest um, after you, Martin, is a, a banker, an um, investment banker called Toby Cross, who works in the city, but he's completely inspired by you and your books. And he has bought this cottage in the countryside here, and he camps in the garden. Oh, brilliant. Very good. <laughs> so, What's the best way to enjoy it outside in the elements, you know? Yeah, I think they need to make a TV show with you and I because I can't stand being cold and sort of see if you can convert me. A bit like Bear Grylls on the island. <laughs> yeah, I'd so, go for that. That'd be really funny. <laughs> yeah, come on then. We'll go off. We'll hike up a mountain and sleep at the top of it. Yeah, I'm sure my husband's at home shaking his head going that guy has no idea what he's in for <laughs> <laughs> so listen thank you so much for joining us it's been amazing to have you on the show thank you very much for having me on and good luck with everything and hopefully we'll speak to you soon alright take care have a great summer bye okay. Martin bye 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 Radio We're going to be speaking next to a local dad called Toby Cross and he works in a big investment bank in London but uh, he has a terribly idyllic life in Hemel Hempstead when he's actually um, not working and was totally inspired uh, by Martin Dory. He camps in his own garden, he has an electric car, he makes his own elderberry juice and he has a most amazing philosophy um, which hopefully um, Toby will tell us about when we get him on the phone but see basically he thinks that you have to have build a life that you do not need a vacation from what do you think about that so we're going to ask toby about that hopefully he's there are you there toby yes i am hi hi how are you very well thank you well we've just been speaking to martin dory who's amazing and you know him well you've got his you've got his camper van bible he's, he's largely to blame That's right. He's largely to blame for me sleeping in my garden and not in my house. Well, I was just telling our listeners, Toby, about your amazing philosophy that you have a life you don't need a vacation from. Well, that's that's the plan. And that that largely has come about by necessity rather than by initial design in that... um, we, uh, our eldest son had a, 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 a condition and we weren't able to sort of go away and be too far away from hospitals and things like that. So we had to think about things slightly differently. And that's when I went and bought Martin's book and um, everything sort of happened from there, really. And I mean, I've been lucky enough to visit you at home and it is a very inspiring place, I have to say, because you've got the balance between, you know, you've got the beautiful green fields that surround your house. You've got the the tent in the garden, but also you're a man who loves technology and you've got an electric car and you do lots of cooking. Was the cooking inspired by Martin as well? Well, so the cooking has always been there, but watching his show and then buying the 
the book and seeing what just seeing what he was able to do, sort of almost cordon bleu cookery at the side of the road with these incredible views. It just didn't seem that it was possible. Um, but the truth is, it is possible, and it's not that difficult. And it's sort of it was a marriage of of two of my favourite things, really. And I think what's surprising is you're obviously very, very busy. You know, you work in a, in, a, in a high-powered job and all the rest of it, but you still find time to make your elderberry cordial. <laughs> like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Do you know, these things are not hard. And it, two years ago, if somebody had said to me, how do you make elderberry cordial? I wouldn't have had, a, I wouldn't have had the faintest idea. But when, when these things are put in front of you and when somebody inspires you in the way that Martin really did for, for me, it, when you look at the internet and when you look on YouTube, actually the, the, dis, the difference between being completely ignorant of something and being proficient enough to have a go and for that to work well enough to encourage you to do it again and get better at it, there's never been there's never been a time when it's been easier, really. But like I said, between YouTube and the internet, there's pretty much nothing that you can't find out about. And one of the things I think is amazing about you is you go on YouTube. You know, you wanted to make some great chicken, I think, for your son because he had needed a particular recipe um, for his condition. You worked it out, you cooked it up, you know, and he thinks it's the greatest chicken that. Um, he was telling me how tasty it is, but you, you know, you are open to learning, and you've been terribly innovative, um, you know, throughout. Yeah, and I, I think that the, the thing is that anybody can do this. It's not an expensive thing to do. I mean, camping in the garden is really not expensive. But if you think about, I, 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 I thought about what, what does a holiday entail, and for me, that entails relaxing and doing something different. To the norm yeah and i must confess i don't enjoy those sort of 24-hour rituals of humping everything to the airport and taxis and long-term parking. oh god it's off oh it's awful if you have to find sunshine then my way of dealing with that is you know wait till the weather is fine at home then stick a tent up and go out and enjoy it see if you can get out in in the evening because when the weather is fine in this country you really don't have to go very far to feel like you're a million miles away and in reality it's cost you nothing it's super easy to do in fact i'm i i'm i'm away at the moment and on my way down i drove through a lay-by and there were some fields around and i i pulled into the parking and stopped and just made a push pin on the map thinking this is a great place to come and bring the van it's about an hour away from home we could easily come down and it's uh, you know one evening call, call a local farmer and see if we're able to um to, to park stay on up. His land permission yeah. is obviously yeah. very important martin makes a good, yeah. good point about that in in the book but um you know it's an hour away and it's when you start looking at the countryside as a place to go and vacation rather than being told to go somewhere by a travel agent it just makes you keep your eyes open when you're looking out, out the window on the motorway. Yeah, it's almost like mindfulness in tourism, isn't it? It's like, you know, I went to Kent last weekend, okay, because I've never been to Kent and everyone's always mentioning Canterbury Cathedral and it was mind-bogglingly beautiful. Yeah. And it's an hour and 40 minutes from, you know, from St Albans. And, and it was amazing. The countryside was, a lot of it resembled France, you know, in lots of ways. Um, and there was so much history and, you know, it was, it was a great trip. It was a great trip. Just for a couple of days, you, you feel like need, you've been on holiday. You don't, yeah, you don't need to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds to go to Bilbao and have a look at the, the amazing cathedral there or even go to France and look at Notre Dame. 
I'm frequently, in fact, where I am now, I'm just down in Hampshire. It's about an hour hour away from home. And I passed the oldest dove coot in the country. I had no idea about dove coots. Apparently, the bigger they are, the more prominent the family are. So in the 13th century, they built these enormous dove coots to prove how wealthy they are. And, you know, it makes me wonder... How many times have we passed these things in, 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 on, on the motorway or just driving around? And we don't pay any attention because we're too busy focusing on where we're going rather than enjoying the things that are immediately around us. And for me, that's what camping is all about. That's what spend, It's about spending time with the family and being outside in the countryside and just enjoying what we have. And it doesn't cost any money, really. It's an easy thing to do. And at the end of the day, you were talking about being cold. A little bit of hardship in the family just reminds us that, you know, there are plenty of people out there who are far less well-off than than we are. And if it serves to do nothing but remind you how comfy your bed is, well, that's a pretty good way to spend the weekend as well. That is a very good point. The the relief when you get back into your... (laughs) We shared a room with our children in Kent. You know what these family rooms and in inverted commas oh my god i was so happy to get home to my double bed yeah, it felt so good it, i don't know whether it's sort of family room slash divorce <laughs> chamber isn't it it's, <laughs> it's more when you're sharing a bed with with your child is you know you get thumped halfway through the night and then you end up on one side of the bed you know pushed into a corner in the freezing cold wondering why you ever set off in the first place yeah it's a form of brutality you need two tents Exactly. Now, does your lovely wife uh, share your passion for camping? Do you know what? It's, it's largely her fault. Oh, um, yes. So I, we, we both at one stage were in the military, and I swore when I left that that was, that was enough. That was as much as I was having to do with being out in tents. Indoors and beds were, were for me. And she had grown up, and her parents had had, uh, uh, motorhomes um, when, when she was growing up and she has this great nostalgic memory of travelling around northern France and parking up in the UK before there were lots of restrictions and she'd been going on about um, camper vans for years and years and years and eventually I started to have a couple of conversations and like I said as soon as you see some of Martin's videos or you, you go and read how enthusiastic he is about this as a, as a hobby and what you can do for as I said before, for really very little money, it's, um, it, it, it does get quite infectious. So, yes, she, she very much enjoys it. And both the boys, rather like, like Martin's girls, they don't really have a choice. I yeah, mean, they, they, they just sort get, of get on bullied with it. into it until, yeah. they, until they believe yeah. that they're enjoying themselves. Well, listen, Toby, we're going to have to wrap it up, but would you like to say hello to anybody back at the ranch, given that you're in Hampshire? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, if, if, uh, if, if my gorgeous boys... Um, Rupert and Hector are listening, and obviously Holly as well, then I'd like to say a great big hello to them. I'm, I'm sure they should be in bed, but they're probably listening to the radio, yeah. so thank you for that. <laughs> so listen, thank you so much for joining us, and um, you've been inspirational. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Lovely. We'll, we'll all be around to pitch up our tents very soon. You're welcome. <laughs> Cheerio, Toby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Online at radioverilum.com and on 92.6 FM. We are the radio station for St. Albans. Radio Verilum. Radio Verilum. The Parents Show on 92.6 FM, sponsored by Neve Solicitors. And we're back on The Parents Show on Radio Verilum 92.6. And we've been talking all about camping and going off in your camper van, potentially this summer. 
something for us to consider rather than booking those pesky flights and getting to the airport and oh, all the family arguments that go along with that. And we've been speaking to Martin Dory, who of course wrote Camper Van Bible and Dad Toby Cross, who's now passionate about um, getting out in his van and exploring and camping in the garden. But our next guest, Chris Green, MBE, he is the coordinator of the recently established Summer Camps Trust. And as an educator, I'm hoping to get his perspective on the real benefits of being outside, outdoors for children. Are you there, Chris? Yes, I'm here. Well, it's lovely to have you on the parent show. Thank you. How are you? You well? Yes, thank you. Now, Chris, you have a very, very um, extensive um, CV in education, uh, and you, you, you're well. You know so much, and you've worked for so long in in schools. In fact, you worked locally in Harpenden. I did. Yes, in St George's um, at one point. But tell us about uh, as the you know the head of the Summer Camps Trust. Well, what is it that that does for firstly, but secondly, tell us about why outdoor education is just so important for children's development. Well, let, let's let's start with the outdoor education. I mean, clearly, um, one of the problems we have in the present age is that with all the inventions of modern technology, the temptation is to go out into the outdoors much less because there's always something you could do in your own bedroom looking at a screen. But uh, I think research, every research indicates that the more children get, get out in the outdoors to run about, to play, to explore woods and fields and streams and things, the better it is for their personal growth, for their development, for their health, e- everything. So I, I think the, that probably is, 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 is uncontroversial, the idea that out, outdoor experience is a good thing for children is, 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 is clear, I think. And the lovely thing is, of course, that there's great equity that comes with it because camping is not necessarily an expensive activity, is it? No, I can see that, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, summer, summer camps, some summer camps are under canvas. They do, they do have camping centres. But, but the idea of summer camps is, is something that isn't really very widespread in Britain. Many countries, America for a start, summer camps are a really important part of children's growing up. Indeed, having a national system of summer camps really well run is, is a very important part of what those countries do for children. And they've got enormous amount of research to show all the benefits. So just to explain what a summer camp is, what it means is that a, an individual child, not, not with a school or a group, the individual child, maybe with one friend or one sister or something, will go off to join in a residential summer camp for a week, which might be in a boarding school used in the holidays, or as I say, under canvas, or in a field studies centre. And there they'll meet with children from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of schools who they simply don't know. And by the end of a week, they'll all be one really happy family, having had a great time and taken part in a programme of, of exciting activities, both indoor and outdoors, from exploring the woods, from uh, stories around the fire at night, to playing all sorts of games, to puzzles, to singing, to drama, to making things, all sorts of things. And in many ways, the experience that, that children get in those summer camps is something they can't quite get in, in any other way. And, and uh, not only does it help their development and their growth and their independence and their social skills and all those sort of things. It also, one of the great things about summer camps, we get so many 
letters back from parents or indeed from children saying I've never seen her so happy. She came back absolutely radiant, having had a, an amazing time. Now, Chris, for people who would like to explore the option of a residential summer camp for their child, where is the best place for them to, you know, to start? Which company should they look at or who should they Google or where do, well, where do they begin? I, I, mean, I, I would say this, wouldn't I? <laughs> but the best place to start is on the Summer Camps Trust Website. website, okay. And it's just www.summercampstrust.org.uk. And if people go onto that, they'll see almost all the reputable providers of summer camps are members of the Summer Camps Trust uh, because one of the, what we're trying to do is to get them all together to, uh, on the grounds that their, their voice with government and with officialdom and with, with education in general is much stronger if we're all speaking together. So if you if you went on if you went on that website, they would, parents would see a large selection of excellent providers, and then they'd go on their individual websites and see. Because I mean, some some organisations will provide summer camps that are heavily into water sports and rock climbing and things like that. Others will provide summer camps that are into drama or singing. Others will provide summer camps that are just general general. Bit, bit of everything and everybody does everything so then parents could explore and see the sort of thing that might suit them and their children. But I suppose the common denominator is children are outside they're doing lot, the whole diversity of activities which is great Absolutely. And mixing as well with so many different children. I mean it's very interesting because culturally as you've mentioned in America they had Camp America everybody knew that. In fact in Ireland lots of people went to, to work there when they were young people, you know as staff and volunteers. Yes, um, I mean, that, the, the diversity is wonderful because you you might have in the next in 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 the two, the next bed to each other in the dormitory a girl from a posh independent school in Surrey, and next to her there'd be a girl from a an inner city school in Leeds or Cardiff, um, and uh, all the labels would be gone. They wouldn't be posh school child or slum school child. They're just Jane and Julia uh, having a lovely a good holiday together. And the benefit to everybody from that sort of mixing is just wonderful. Is there an ideal age, do you think, for summer camps? I mean, I went to one in, in Gormanstown in Dublin when I was 13 and it was the best time ever. It was so much fun <laughs> and so much growing up, you know, happens on, in those places. It's, it's just great. Um, and as you say, mixing with children from different nationalities was amazing for me. That, 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 they, they, there are, are children from outside Britain who come and join in yes, our, in our yes. summer camps. But the, the great thing, what the Summer Camps Trust is trying to do is to get more British children to go because um, there's probably never been a time in our history, in my view, where going out and getting dirty in the fields, putting away their laptops and their iPads and computer games, just running about in the fresh air, making friends with people, having a laugh, playing games and having fun as a great holiday has been more needed by our children than it is today. We, we had a, a letter from a parent last year saying thank you so much for giving my children some real childhood, which they hardly ever get in inner city Manchester. Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, Chris, we will be signposting everyone to the Summer Camps Trust website. And I'm sure um, if teachers and school leaders are listening, they can obviously um, organise, presumably, summer camp stays through your various organisations as well. Well, what, what, they, what they can do, because if it's a school-organised trip, of course, it's not exactly the same, although those school, 
school-based residentials are brilliant too. But um, what, what teachers can do, and, and head, head teachers particularly can do, they could invite somebody who runs summer camps to come in and talk to their children about it, or they could let their children know about it, encourage them, say it would be a very good thing for them to do. Well, one thi one, another very good benefit, I've had a, a large number of head teachers or teachers coming back to us saying, the children come back so positive and so enthusiastic when they've been on a summer camp. They're more motivated, work harder. So from that point of view, it's in the school's interest as well. And the summer camps are presumably all over Britain. They are. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. I certainly feel really inspired to get my children out lots. I hope the weather improves, Chris. That's the only thing. It's freezing. Yeah. Very nice to talk to you. Lovely. Thanks, Thanks so much, Chris. Chris Green, um, MBE. Take care, Chris. He's the uh, uh, overall coordinator of the recently established Summer Camps Trust. So there's something for you to consider um, over the summer, sending your, your um, beloved offspring off to a summer residential, which is amazing. I can speak from experience and I really, really enjoyed it. It was an amazing experience. Now, uh, we've just recapping on our show this evening. We've had lots of lovely um, um, responses to Martin Dory, who was on earlier. So he was basically promoting camper van holidays and camping around Britain as um, summer holidays this year. And he was definitely very convincing for me. And he mm -hmm. introduced us to the Tidy Beach campaign and uh, to the reminding listeners that the next Beach Clean Day is June the 11th, because there's an entire global movement in terms of tidying beaches up. And it's something lots of children can get involved in. So we'll highlight that um, on our Facebook page all the links are up this evening on facebook and julie in the, the studio and lydia have been working very hard to put up all those links and if you've missed anything just to contact us um, via facebook and thanks also to toby cross and chris green mbe who obviously flagged up the summer camps trust and all those amazing residential and um, trips that you can send your lovely children not that you could bear to be away for them for a second during the summer holidays so lots of things to be getting on with so all the very best and thank you so much for listening to Radio Verulam's Parent Show 92.6 FM. Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neve's includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.